everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Our Golden Twenties. My name is Sadie, and I'm joined with my co-host, Tegan, and we are excited for today's episode. We're going to be talking all about going on a first date, you know, those first date nerves and just like getting ready for a first date, what to like do on a first date, those sorts of things. And then we're also going to talk about finding independence in a relationship. So if you're someone who's not currently dating because you're in a relationship, then this episode is still for you. So we will get to all of that in just a minute, but let's start with a Tuesday tip. Tag, do you want to go first? Sure. So full disclosure, I am stealing this tip from a user on TikTok. But when I came across it, I saved it instantly and was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I have to talk about this on the podcast. So this was from the user. I'm going to butcher this. So I'm sorry. At Naish Lizette on TikTok. But she did a video that was basically about like little ways that she makes her life magical or something like that. And she had like a bunch of really good examples. But the one that stuck out to me was when you're traveling, pick one thing that you try in every city you visit so that one day you can be an expert on which places have the best blank. And I am like obsessed with this. So it would be like every city you go to, you know, you order a slice of cake for dessert and Mm. then you will know which city out of all the places you've traveled has the best cake. Like, Mm -hmm. I just love that. And it could be for anything. Like every bar you go to, you get an espresso martini or you get oysters or whatever. So I just thought like maybe as people are starting to venture out and travel a little more, even like local travels, like how cool would it be for you to know like where in your city has the best whatever or Mm -hmm. I don't know. I thought it was fun. Yeah, that's very fun. And it's so true. Like I wouldn't say I'm an expert on anything, but anytime Mm -hmm. I can give people a recommendation for where they're traveling to, I just feel Mm -hmm. so like, girl, look at you. You are so well-traveled. You know what I mean? Never mind being like an expert. So I feel like that would just take it up a notch. And -hmm. also, like you said, in your own city, like I probably can't tell you the best anything in Toronto because I just, I don't know, I always change things up or... I don't know. It's just not the expert level that this tip could get you to. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I have like a friend in Toronto who she runs an Eggs Benedict themed Instagram. And yes. so every time she goes out for breakfast, she gets Eggs Benedict and then like rates it. And I'm like, that's so cool. Oh, so now if you're so like, good. what's the best Eggs Benedict in Toronto? She would know. Yeah. I feel we could have a whole podcast episode just on that. <laughs> Maybe that's because <laughs> I'm be a guest. huge Eggs Benny fan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I yeah. love that so much. That's such a good tip. So what is your tip? My tip is a little, maybe less fun, but very important. So Mm -hmm. just this week, I got my voter ballot in the mail and wanted just to put that on everyone's radar that the federal election is happening on Monday, September 20th here in Canada. And I just wanted to use my Tuesday tip to remind you guys to vote. Mm -hmm. I feel like 
all of our listeners probably are over the age of 18, which means you are eligible to vote. You just need to make sure you're registered, especially if you've moved away for school or something, just like Mm -hmm. check where you're registered. And if you're registered back home, like, you know, try and figure that out so you can get in and actually vote and have it count. The other thing I wanted to say on this, I'm not going to talk too much politics. Don't worry. I'm not going to (laughs) force my political views on anybody, but I just want to say like to educate yourself as well. This is something that I am actually kind of poor at doing, but anytime an election does come around, I like to, you know, just like Google the political parties that are running and the leaders and whatnot and actually read about their platforms. There's so many websites and like news websites too that like break down like key points of everybody's platform. And then just kind of vote based off that and what is important to you, what stands out to you. I kind of felt when I first started voting, I think I've only voted twice, but because I don't remember how often, is it every four years? Yeah. Oh gosh, this is... I want to say we've only been able to vote for one federal election. Okay. I think. That might be true. But we had a okay. provincial one. I yes. think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've terrible. definitely voted twice. I just don't yeah. remember if they were federal or what. But I have made the mistake, I guess, or I feel it's normal to just like vote for whoever your parents vote for the first time you vote or vote for whoever your sisters or your brother vote for. And I think that's, you know, maybe fine, but doing your own research really gives you power to vote for the person who is going to, you know, push for the things that are important to you. So Mm -hmm. my parents, for instance, they don't care what the government's going to do for students where my sister who's still in school, that's the number one thing she looks at. Right. And for me, like if I ever want to afford a house one day, like maybe that's what I'm looking at or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very, very personal. What is important to you in your political leader. So make sure you're doing that research and making an educated vote based Mm -hmm. on your values and the party that closely aligns to it. Yeah. And there's so many resources out there. Like I know in Canada, you can do like a CBC based poll thing where they ask you questions like, how important is this to you? How do you feel about pipelines? How do you feel about so-and-so treating the COVID vaccine like this? And you just answer all these Mm -hmm. questions and you can weigh what's more important to you. And it shows you on a 3D kind of chart who you most closely align to. And because it can be tough, some of the parties can be like very similar. So then once you start Mm -hmm. waiting, like the response to COVID is more important to me than say housing or whatever, it can give you like really personalized results, which I think can also help, especially if you're like, I don't even know what half of this means. Like, I don't know what's going on. It's good to just like do one of these quizzes because you can answer for most of the questions like, I don't know, or I don't care. Mm -hmm. And it takes it all into consideration. But yeah, Yeah, that's totally a great place to start. Yeah. Yeah. It is a privilege, not a right. (laughs) That's what I've been taught. (laughs) Yeah. So you should use and abuse your privilege because, I mean, think of how, you know, there are so many voters that are suppressed, especially we see it in the news with the U.S. Like that is how important Mm -hmm. your voice and your vote is, is that, you know, people in power are trying to stop 
you from voting. And Mm -hmm. so, and it's the same here in Canada. I think certain people want it to seem like it's easy or they want it to seem like your vote doesn't matter, but it Mm -hmm. definitely does and is so important. Yeah, and that's it too. Like I always find around the U.S., presidential Mm -hmm. elections like it's always such a big deal it's all I see on my social media you know like celebrities are just like extremely vocal about it and there's like voting campaigns happening among just the general public and in Mm -hmm. Canada like it really doesn't get that same hype and I think it as a Canadian it almost feels like the American like elections are more important but Mm. as Canadians like we obviously don't really have a say in it unless you are also like an American citizen as well. So it's just like, put that passion, you know, put that Mm -hmm. importance in your own government because that's where you have a say. So you definitely want to, yeah, like you're saying, use that privilege for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we can transition off of the, you know, lecture to go vote. (laughs) And we can turn this into some girl chat about Mm -hmm. going on a first date. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, right? I feel like this sums up our Golden Twenties podcast in a nutshell. Like Mm -hmm. this whole podcast is because, you know, like there's so many different interests and like things we have to do in our 20s. So it's like we have to date and find our soulmate. We need to vote. We need to work. We need to. (laughs) clean our house whatever so this is just one spectrum to the other all in this one episode yeah it does sum us up pretty well though yeah 100 percent. so I wanted to maybe start by just like maybe just chatting through like first of all I feel society is a little bit more social these days obviously Mm -hmm. the delta variant is very real and COVID numbers are going up again and it's quite scary, but I feel like people are obviously vaccinated now and Mm -hmm. more used to following the rules, I guess, so they can socialize a little bit more safely. So I think dating is kind of on the upswing again and Mm -hmm. dating in real life. Like I know during peak lockdown or peak COVID slash lockdown last year, It was a lot of like virtual dating, which don't get me wrong, was a lot of fun, but it just hits different when you can meet in person. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to also just mention a few like good ways to meet people because I think that can be the, how this all starts. And it can also be extremely intimidating being like, okay, I'm feeling ready to date, but it's really hard to meet people. So obviously number one, I would say is dating apps. It's just Mm -hmm. so convenient, you know? you literally are serve so many different people in a day and you can have different apps and see even different people. So that is, I feel the most common way to date and like meet people these days as like a millennial Gen Z dater. But my favorite way to meet people is through mutual friends or Mm -hmm. going to maybe not group events right now, since, you know, we are still being responsible citizens, but, (laughs) you know, going, hanging out with a group of people and meeting mutual friends that way, I think that can be really great. Or just even asking your friends, I'm like getting serious about dating. I'm honestly looking for somebody. Do you have anybody to set me up with? And I don't know. I think that's just like 
fun, but Mm -hmm. like having like a mutual friend kind of thing and something to like bond over with this person when you do eventually go on a date. But those I think would be the most common ways to meet people. Also going like, I think we've maybe talked about this story. I feel like I've been ranting already. (laughs) Maybe I should take a breath. Very passionate. I'll take a breath. (laughs) Let me take a breath. You go ahead, Dig. Okay. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about in the past, like meeting people through your work, which can kind of be Mm -hmm. weird. Like you kind of have to decide if that's something that you really want, like what happens if it goes wrong, but like meeting people through like, if you're in school, that's how I met my husband, Mm -hmm. especially like if you're doing activities, like if you are in the same you know, workout class or whatever, obviously don't be creepy and be like, damn, you look so good working out. But you know, (laughs) something that shows you have similar interests look good on you. Yeah. (laughs) I think it may, might work better as like coming from a woman than like a man being like, damn, look at you work out. That would be weird. But yeah, you know, having something in common obviously already helps kind of bridge the gap. Yeah. 100%. And it just, like I said, gives you something to like bond over right away. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely, yeah, a great way to organically meet people outside of dating apps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think once you do meet somebody that you're really into, if it's in person and then you start texting or if it's somebody you met on a dating app, I feel like as women, we kind of just like wait for guys to ask us out and Mm. wait for them to make the first move and then you start like going crazy when they're not making the first move like Mm. you're either like why isn't he is he not as into it and our minds just start to spiral so I just want to say ask that person out like try to work up the courage and be confident and just make that first move yourself otherwise you're gonna absolutely drive yourself crazy Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I like that. It's been a while since I've had my last first date. I think it's been seven or eight years on the 11th of September. But I think, you know, for first dates, it's normal to be nervous about it or to feel, you know, Mm kind of weird about it. Like you're putting yourself out there. And so you just have to be ready to like embrace the potentially awkward situation, like go Mm -hmm. with an open mind and hope for the best, but, you know, have the understanding that maybe it won't work out because, you know, lots of people go on lots of dates all the time and they can't all be good. Exactly. And I feel like I'm definitely an anxious dater, like leading up to a date, like I'm often very nervous and like very anxious about it but Mm -hmm. as soon as I'm there I'm totally fine and I'm like girl you're so good at dating like you should do this more (laughs) (laughs) but still every time then like before my next date I still also get extremely nervous so I think like you're saying Tag, first of all just not putting pressure on yourself and this is the other thing too. Like I always tell at least one of my friends where I'm going on that date because Mm -hmm. obviously safety is important, but I try not to like tell too many people or hype it up too much because especially me, like who is a little picky, I guess, with who I go on dates with and I don't go on tons and tons of dates. I feel like sometimes 
I'll tell even like my sister and she'll be like, ooh, so exciting. Let me know how it goes. And if Mm -hmm. it doesn't go well, then you feel just like, I don't know, pressure that it should have gone better or something like that. So I feel like it's okay to just kind of, like I said, tell people where you're going, but try not to get your hopes up or Mm -hmm. don't put pressure on yourself because it's totally normal. Yeah. For these dates to be awkward for the first date, especially to not be the best date in the world. Like Mm -hmm. we're not on the bachelor or the bachelorette, you know what I mean? (laughs) So yeah, totally normal. Yeah. I like the idea of keeping it like low key. Cause let's say like you don't want to date, but then you found a great connection as a friend or like, this is me being such a nerd, Mm -hmm. but like you're a freelancer and then you found someone who's in the same workspace and they're like, listen, I don't know that we should date, but if I need a graphic designer, I'll call you up or something. You know what I mean? Like if you keep it simple and it's not like tonight is the night where I meet my husband or I meet my wife, Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And it's just a chance to like go out in the city, try something new, meet someone new, get out of your house, get dressed up. Yeah. Like I think through that headspace might make it even like less stressful even. Yeah. And I think that'll come across on how you act on your date too. You know, like if you're desperate for it to work out, like there's a high chance that that guy picks up on it and it kind of scares him away or whoever you're dating. So I feel like if you just go into it being like casual, then Mm -hmm. if it works out great, you know, if you go on a second date and you start to get super into them, like great. But Mm -hmm. Yeah, you definitely don't need to put all that pressure on the first date. And kind of on that note too, like your first date doesn't have to like determine if this is the person you're going to marry or not. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of like a way to first of all meet somebody in person if you have met them on a dating app just to see if you actually drive well in person. Mm -hmm. But just to see if you're compatible, you know, if you have a lot of things in common or not, if you balance each other out in good ways or not, if conversation flows easily or not, like Mm -hmm. those are the sorts of things you need to take away or you probably will take away from a first date. Not so much, you know, all of their, I don't know, like lifelong goals and like, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those sorts of things. Yeah. And I think also like you should trust your gut as simple as like, I don't know. I don't think we're well suited. And like as crazy as like this guy does not feel safe. I should probably not be hanging out with him. Yeah. Like I know like in the, um, the, my favorite murder podcast, they say like, fuck politeness. If you get weird vibes from someone be like, okay, it's not working out. Gotta go. Yeah. And yeah, like always tell someone where you're going. I have location turned on on my phone and then you can share that Mm -hmm. like with your friend or with your mom or whoever. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, you're like going out, putting yourself in a vulnerable, vulnerable space, like emotionally, but you know, also like you're going out with a random stranger. So, you know, pick a public space and trust your gut. Yeah, Yeah. That was my mom talk. (laughs) podcast (laughs) I love that yeah Yeah. I love it reminder I think yeah going back to the whole like being nervous ahead of time Mm -hmm. I think something that's really helped me and all of the youtubers that I watch is kind of having some sort of like pre-date routine in place and using that time first of all giving yourself a lot of time to like get ready and like get in the headspace so you're not like rushing out the door and like projecting you know you're like Mm -hmm rush onto this person, but 
taking time for yourself ahead of time and just like hyping yourself the F up as mm. whatever like that means to you. For me, I'm usually like blasting music and it's like, you know, a hype up playlist like mm. Destiny's Child, you know, you know the vibes. And then doing my makeup, picking my outfit, having a mm-hmm. drink maybe depending on what time of day this date is at or what we're doing. And I find that helps me so much. Some of the YouTubers I watch, they're like, my pre-date routine is to watch Sex in the City or one girl just calls her friend because her friend hypes her up mm. rather than like listening to music and stuff. So I think just like setting time aside for yourself so you can like hype yourself up. Mm-hmm. You kind of, and also just like make sure you're, you know, wearing something you're comfortable in because you have time to put thought into your outfit and you're comfortable with just, I don't want to make it sound like it's all appearance focused, but like you're comfortable with your look, you know, mm-hmm. in the right headspace. Taking that time, I think, goes a really far way. Yeah. Well, it's less things to stress about too. Like it's like we were talking about exactly for job interviews. Like if you're not having to worry about, does this outfit look okay? You can just focus on like being yourself and presenting yourself as best you can. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you show up, you're just like confident, you know, because Mm -hmm. all those little decisions are like, you're good with them. You put thought into them. You did your best. And now you can just like rock it kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And I think too, the more kind of confident you are on a date, kind of the more easier conversation flows as well like Mm -hmm. for me I feel like I'm never relying on the other person to just like guide a whole conversation and this might be extremely nerdy but I always have like go-to questions for every date I go on Mm -hmm. in case there's a lull in conversation like I think like we said awkwardness is totally normal But the more like open, kind of like, I guess, confident you are in yourself, the more open you are to like talk, then Mm -hmm. that person you're on a date with also becomes more open and like comfortable to talk to. So I think just like having some like fun, quirky questions to get to know somebody in your back pocket is maybe a nerdy idea, but (laughs) it's helped me so many times, like more times than I can count. Yeah. And I like the idea of being like your true self. Like there's no point in lying about who you are on the first date because you're like not setting yourself up for success in this relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Like obviously, you know, if you have embarrassing things about yourself, you don't have to share them on the first date. Yeah, you don't have to put it all out there. Yeah. Yeah. But being, like don't stress about coming across as weird or that you don't want them to know like X, Y, and Z about you. Just focus on like being yourself and, you know, that's how you find people who are really compatible with you, I think. Yeah, 100%. One of the fun questions I always ask my date is if you were a fictional character from a TV show or movie or book, who would you be? Mm. And I always find that so fascinating. Sometimes I don't know the people they say, like, because I'm not a huge pop culture person. <laughs> this is a bad <laughs> so question. So in that case, yeah, it's not always the best. But I feel like a lot of people just have, like, common answers where even if I don't know the characters super well, like, I know enough about them kind of thing yeah. to, like, grasp it. But I feel like it's such a good way. And, like, it's a fun question. Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, a good way to, like, get to know somebody because it's, like... 
I've had in a few instances where I'm like, I didn't see it, but now that you said it, I totally see it and I yeah. totally understand your vibe way more. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's a fun Definitely. one. Yeah. I love asking people what their favorite scent is. Cause I feel like it's, yeah. they like tell a whole story. Like, it's like, I love the smell of yeah. pine trees. Cause my grandpa used to camp with me. Like it like unravels <laughs> this whole deep emotional spiral within themselves. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll have to try that one. I love yeah, that. I feel like one. scent is, yeah. Scent is like tied to emotion. I think. So yeah. That and makes like a memories. Lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> And I think too, if you're somebody who like, you've gone on a few dates and you're like, no, I just like really freeze up. I don't know what to talk about. I always find conversations really dull and kind of awkward. Then I 10 out of 10 recommend you go on an activity day and you actually mm. do something rather than just going for dinner or drinks. And by activity day, I mean like you're actually doing something. So it could be... I don't even know now. I should have like put some examples in here. (laughs) (laughs) What are some examples of an activity? I know some people bring people to like board game cafes. Like we used to have one in Toronto, like snakes and lattes or snakes and loggers where it's like a bar, but then you get board games. Yeah, that's a good one. one. That's like the perfect example. Yeah, I think that's a good one. It could also be like taking, this is going to sound really nerdy, but like taking some sort of class together. I feel like Mm. I'm somebody who like loves to cook and maybe this isn't really a first date thing, but cooking like dinner together is I think a lot of fun and it could be like going to a class and like doing that together or even like inviting Mm -hmm. someone over to your apartment. Again, I don't think that's a first date thing, but like you know, making dinner. So, you know, it just kind of guides your conversation because you can talk about what you're making or something like that rather than like trying to get to know this person with like small talk, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple bars in Toronto, like where you can play like bocce ball inside where they have like arcade games inside Yeah. or you know, something like that you can still get a drink and chat, but then there's always something that's kind of a backup for the conversation. Yeah. Like if you run out of things to say, you'd be like, wow, you're really good at bocce ball or whatever. I think that's such a good idea. Like the rec room or Duke's refresher downtown, like they all have games. You Mm -hmm. can like go bowling and like maybe these sound lame when you suggest it to your (laughs) date or they suggest it to you. But in my experience, it's honestly such like a game changer. And it just like, Mm. I don't know, makes it more enjoyable because like you were saying to tag, I always view going on dates as like getting to explore somewhere new in the city and having a good experience Mm -hmm. with somebody new. And it's like, there's no harm in doing that ever. You know what I mean? Like, If it doesn't work out to be romantic and, like, your future boyfriend or girlfriend, like, at least you had, like, a really fun night doing something you wouldn't have otherwise done. One thing that I think is actually not a good first date, which might be controversial, is going to the movies. Because I think, like, you just sit there kind of in silence beside the other person. And then it's like, if it's a bad movie then it's just like a bad two hours where you're sitting beside a stranger like (laughs) yeah I don't know 
Yeah. That's just me. But yeah. No, yeah, I, I feel agree like with that. that. Or like a yoga class where like you can't talk to that person. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. I feel like you could maybe like go for the movie and then like grab a drink after, but then it's like how long does this date need to last? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. then you can talk about the movie after if you grab a drink. But then again, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, just, the longest date in the world. Yeah. It, it would be worse if it was like dinner than a movie because if the dinner went bad, you then yeah. have to sit like for two hours beside the person. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, even just like dinner for a first date. Like, I think that's kind of normal, but... Honestly, no pressure to even do dinner. Like, just grab drinks with somebody if you mm-hmm. just want to, like, chat because yeah. that doesn't tie you in. You know, you can have one drink or you can have mm-hmm. four. Like, it doesn't yeah. tie you into, a, like, a long time, especially if the date isn't going well. And if you do grab drinks and mm-hmm. it's going super well and you want it to last longer, then it's, like, go for a walk after or something to, like, spend more time mm-hmm. together without – forcing it or being obligated to stay with them for like x amount of time yeah definitely okay Tag. so let's talk all about being in a relationship and I say let's talk about it even though I've never been in a serious relationship (laughs) and I might not have much (laughs) to contribute except for like things that happen in my head with no like scientific proof of this but I'm down to chat it out (laughs) So one thing that I think is very important to anyone in a relationship is still having the ability to be your own person and have your own kind of independence. Mm -hmm. And I think like right off the top, if you're in a relationship with someone who does not want you to be your own person and have independence, that's a huge, huge red flag. Most people, if they're nice... They want you to, you know, spend time on your own or spend time with your friends doing the things that you enjoy. Don't always need to be there. And it goes the other way. Like you are going to probably lose a bunch of friends if all you want to do is hang out with your significant other. Mm -hmm. And it's good to uh, healthy to have your own kind of personality and space, I think. I always think of a relationship, at least this is what I'm holding out for is somebody who doesn't like complete my life, you know, Mm -hmm. because I think that's like, they're filling a hole where it's like, you need to kind of be complete on Mm -hmm. your own. And this person just adds to what you have going on. So I think, and yeah, obviously this might change once I meet somebody and tag, let me know if this is how it kind of worked for you. But I think (laughs) it's easy when you first meet somebody and you start, you know, seriously dating, and decide to like be exclusive or whatever, then Mm -hmm. it's easy to get really caught up in that and be with that person 24 seven. And like, that's totally fine. But I think it's having the self-awareness to kind of do a gut check and be like, do I miss, you know, my alone time? Or like, is this healthy Mm -hmm. to be spending so much time with this person? Am I losing my friends? Like, have I kind of lost who I was before my relationship? And just kind of do like a little gut check and like self-scan, I guess, to be like, you know, how do I go from here? Because I think it is a big balancing act of being independent and being a good partner, Mm -hmm. but there definitely is a way to do both. Yeah. I think that basically you should not be changing who you are or the things that you like to do 
to be with someone. Mm-hmm. I I think the best yeah. relationships are kind of built when you are dating someone who enjoys a lot of the same things that you do. Mm-hmm. And so that's why like you should just continue to do the things that you enjoy that are important to you because if you're dating someone, it's highly likely that they would probably also enjoy these things if you have, you know, similar interests mm-hmm. outside of it. But even if they don't, you should still continue to do the things that you enjoy. Because who knows, maybe like I like doing yoga and I once tried to get my husband to do yoga with me at home and it was like the biggest fail in the world. But it's not like (laughs) I'm like, okay, I guess I can't do yoga anymore. You know, it's just like, okay, this is not a thing we do as a couple. It's a thing I do as myself and on your own. That's totally fine. And there are things that he does that I have no interest in doing and that's totally normal. And if you find that you're in a relationship where you feel like you don't have your own kind of like time or space away, like pick hobbies that are one person activities. Mm -hmm. Like I do calligraphy. It's like, you can't do calligraphy as a two person group unless you're like both doing it just (laughs) sat beside each other. Or if it's like you do a certain type of workout that you know your partner doesn't like or whatever it is Mm -hmm. that gives you time away and space to be on your own. Because even like if you're with the other person all the time, especially if you're like in the lockdown together, it's like important to give yourself some alone time to recharge and relax. Yeah. 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 We talk so much about the importance of alone time to recharge. And I feel like it's, you know, just as important and if not more important in like a relationship Mm -hmm. kind of setting versus just your friends, you know, or from work or whatever. Like me time is good for everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, how often you do it, you know, what you do during that time is definitely different person to person, but there's definitely huge benefit in taking some time for yourself 100%. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things I always think about is when you do take that time for yourself and recharge, then you're able to show up in your relationship or in your friendships or at work the best version of yourself Mm -hmm. because you took that time to care for yourself and disconnect and just, you know, be yourself by yourself. So it might sound counterintuitive that you need to take time away to come back like better than ever, but that seems to be how it works for me. Yeah. And I think it's important to, with literally every single part of your relationship, have an open discussion about it. So have a discussion about boundaries where it's like, yeah. I need, you know, two hours a week where I don't see you or whatever it is and have mm-hmm. a discussion about, well, if I'm away on my own time, can I, can you still call me? Cause some people are like, heck yeah, call me whenever. Some people are like, Mm -hmm. no, I need a break. And then if you don't have that communication, you're calling, they're not picking up drama happens. Yeah. Like have these boundaries and expectations kind of set because you don't want to be the person who like, say you're me and you're in a yoga class and you hear like the buzzing on your wrist as your significant others texting you and sending you memes and trying to FaceTime you. Like, it's just going to make you mm-hmm. like resentful. And they probably are just doing it because they think that that's cute and what you want, you know? So have, yeah, you know, yeah. boundaries kind of 
set and it's okay that like boundaries shift obviously like people change and whatever but I think it's just important to have the expectations set outright because different people have different levels also like there are probably some people who are like I want to spend 23 hours a day with you because I love you so much and other people are like I love you the Mm -hmm. same amount but I need to spend like 10 hours with you and that's it so that's normal yeah 100 percent. yeah and I think it's also respecting their boundaries as well yeah like I think it's really easy to be like this is what I want and this is how I operate Mm -hmm. but obviously when you're in a relationship you're not the only one in that relationship Mm -hmm. and you need to be respectful of your partner's boundaries and how much alone time they need Mm -hmm. you know or whatnot you can't just expect them to obey like what you want Mm -hmm. so I think that's just another thing to be extremely mindful of to have like a super strong and healthy relationship Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think part of this too is having trust and Mm. being confident in your relationship. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like in some cases of my friends or people I've heard about that spend so much time with their partner, it's because one of them is insecure in their relationship where they feel like if they're not together, they can't trust what the person is doing like in the time apart or they're just not confident in their relationship or in themselves. So they just think, you know, bad things are happening when they're apart. Mm -hmm. So I think your whole point on communicating your boundaries and whatever, kind of, we can just like round that up to like have super open communication to build trust and confidence in a relationship. Like you want to know where you want your partner to know where you stand at all times. You want to know where they stand and just make sure you're reducing that like miscommunication or like internalizing feelings and thoughts that just kind of spiral into a whole bunch of unnecessary drama. Yeah, exactly. I think that having the kind of open and frank communication is what builds the like comfort with each other. Like, you know, if your significant other is going out, even if it's like a situation where you think like, oh my God, he could meet a girl there. Like if he's going out to the bar or like if Mm -hmm. she's going out clubbing or whatever, if you have Mm -hmm. the trust there, like you're not worried about it because you just, like you've already talked about it. You have clear expectations. Like you can go into as much detail as like, what's allowed at the club? Like, (laughs) let's talk about this. So that it's not like anyone feels guilty (laughs) and not like, you're trying to hide things or whatever like just have these conversations even though it's like weird and cringy when you're just like talking about it out of context like what can I do at the club Mm -hmm. but I think that it's (laughs) like super important I feel like I need to have that chat with myself yeah what can you do at the club (laughs) yeah what's allowed yeah Yeah. And I think that goes back to your earlier point too, Tag, of being honest in those conversations. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to just tell your partner like, honestly, I'm good with whatever when it's actually killing you inside and you hope, you know, he's not doing this at the club or whatever. I love how we're saying at the club. club. (laughs) This is a common scenario. (laughs) He goes to the club. (laughs) You're at home alone. (laughs) And we are in a Destiny's Child song right now. (laughs) So funny. But I think, yeah, it's just being honest. Because if you're not being honest, 
then you're just setting yourself up to fail. You're setting yourself up for, you know, to be, I guess, kind of disappointed. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds like extremely dramatic, but you need to be honest with them. And the more you're honest with them, it also allows them to be honest with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think yeah. part of the problem is that I feel like so many people's like kind of standards are different for what is acceptable mm-hmm. in a relationship. So that's why like you have to have mm-hmm. these conversations because for some people, obviously like we've been saying this whole time, people need to have their own separate lives. Like I think if you're coming from a place that's mm-hmm. like my boyfriend can't talk to any other girls and can't have a girl's phone number in his phone, like that's insane. And I think that's coming from a place of insecurity. But if it's like, I don't want him to buy girls drinks at the club, then it's like, okay, that's fair. (laughs) That could be considered weird. Or, you know, I don't want him to like DM girls on Instagram and say that they look cute. Like, okay, yeah, fair enough. But you need to verbalize what you want. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. And what you want out of this relationship or what your partner wants, it might be and probably is different from your last relationship. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's important to have this conversation with every partner that you have if, you know, you're going from one relationship to another or if you're somebody who's just in a relationship for the first time. Mm -hmm. Like I feel this will be a conversation I have with my future partner where I'm like, okay, this is my first like actual relationship. Mm -hmm. So I probably have extremely different opinions or standards than my partner does who's maybe been in like three relationships Mm -hmm. in their life. You know what I mean? So I think every relationship is different. Every person is different and you need to kind of treat it as such. Yeah. Especially like don't bring baggage from previous relationships into a new one. Yeah. Like just because you dated someone who cheated on you does not mean that all men are cheaters. So you have to assume that your guys like sketch. Yeah. Like every person is different. Like, yeah. That's obviously easier said than done, Mm -hmm. I feel. Mm -hmm. But I think this whole like we obviously are all about like self-discovery and like, you know, all of that on our Golden 20s podcast. But I really think that applies to this too, is like, why do you feel that way? Is it because of something this partner has done that made you feel Mm -hmm. that way? Or is it from your past relationships and it's just baggage you're bringing into this relationship? Like having the self-awareness to know why you're feeling a certain way, I think is amazing Mm -hmm. and definitely something hopefully, you know, by taking alone time and like being your own independent person, hopefully empowers you to have the self-awareness and show up to be a really great partner yeah. for your partner. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's one thing yeah. to be like, Oh, I feel this way because I'm insecure in the relationship, but then it's like, go deeper. Why are you insecure? Yeah. And then once you kind of exactly. address those reasons, that's how you can kind of like heal from that and go forward with like a healthy relationship. And I think it's so common for people to project those insecurities on people. So it's like a lot of kind of like reacting, Mm -hmm. I guess, when, you know, your partner tells you something that maybe doesn't sit right with you. It's just kind of you lash out due to insecurity Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. reason. But I think the more you do that, the more you kind of indicate to your partner you're not so open for communication and you're not you know, 
you don't want their honesty because it's not what you want to hear. So I think that's another thing is you want to make sure you're making your partner feel comfortable telling you things, especially Mm -hmm. since trust and honesty are such huge and communication. They're such huge factors that contribute to a healthy relationship. So just being mindful of that when they do tell you something that you are insecure about Mm -hmm. or something you know, you don't maybe agree with or something like that, like try to take an approach where you can chat it out maturely. Maybe this is like the mom talk coming out of me now, (laughs) but talk it through without scaring them away and making them shut down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And trust is a two-way street. Like you should be open and honest. And if you want your partner to trust you, don't do things that are untrustworthy. Like probably yeah, 99% exactly. of the time, if you're doing something and hiding it from your partner, it's because you, if it's a healthy relationship, you are feeling like, you know, you're doing something that probably isn't the best. And so, mm-hmm. and trust is kind of earned. And when you lose it, it's hard to kind of yeah. get it back. So yeah yeah it's important from both sides like it's easy to be like my boy can't be buying girls drinks in the club but like maybe you can't be sliding into people's dms on insta or you know whatever it is it's a or maybe you can't be drinking yeah or if the example in the club (laughs) (laughs) is is that guys can't buy other girls drinks Mm -hmm. then you as a girl shouldn't be able to drink drinks that other guys buy you you know what I mean like it has the exact same implication Mm -hmm. that you know this guy's trying to like I don't know I guess like impress or get with this girl because he's buying her drinks it's the same on the opposite side Mm -hmm. where this girl's accepting drinks if you're a decent human being because (laughs) you know he has a shot in like whatever so yeah I think that's such a great point yeah Well, that is where we are going to leave it this week with our long-winded life chats about dating and relationships. Going to the club. Yeah, a lot about (laughs) the club. So thank you so much for listening. We put out a new episode every single Tuesday. So if you like this episode, make sure you are following us and subscribe so that you see when our new episodes drop. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media at our golden twenties. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook, Spotify. We also have a Patreon page, which is your best way to show support for the podcast. So we drop episodes early there and put out some additional content. So that is everything this week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Tuesday.